Welcome back to the Gods to Ghost Volleyball Podcast and your host, Scott Bemke, for part six of our interview with Dennis the Rabbit Hare. Let's pick up where we last left off in part five. Most, most teams now, they play with, uh, they have a designated blocker and a designated a defensive guy. So you, all teams seem to be uh, one tall guy, one short guy. And uh, I don't like it as much because, it, like I said, it, it screws up the little guy. If you're too little, and you can block over. So that that really, like I said, takes away that real hard dig and, and uh, or running around after a ball. Anyway, so that's what I got to say on that. Okay. So you, off the court, you wrote an incredible book. In 1981, I believe. I'm, in fact, I'm looking at it right here. Thanks so much for sending it to me. Um, known as the Art of Beach Volleyball. Tell us about that book and how it came about and what you're proud of with it, Dennis. I always wondered what what I was going to do for a living. Driving uh, from San Diego to the beach area, I would just be looking out wondering what uh, I what I wanted to pursue and I, I always kind of had a deal for coaching and and I enjoyed uh, talking with people and and that was always a fun thing for me to, to do so like I said I, I always wanted to I wanted to coach and all that and so I graduated from San Diego State and kind of decided to do, to make some money, what, what could I do? And I thought, well, why not do volleyball clinics? I could make money now because it kind of had a name. Sure. And uh, I could write a book also and do these clinics. And uh, the clinics turned out to be real lucrative because I could have a class at noon or uh, at 10 in the morning till noon and then from one o'clock to three or four o'clock I would get quite a few people that wanted to do that so that's like 40 bucks a person you know and you have about 30 people uh, it was uh, it was a it was a good good thing and I, that's how I uh, made uh, my living and so but I also was thinking about wouldn't it be nice to have a book because I think you need to promote yourself. You can't just stand there and have people come up to you. So I uh, kind of got the word around San Diego. and So uh, anyway, that was my strategy, and it took about 
two to three years to uh, get this book out out there. Anyway, uh, the book got finished, and I thought, well, I take it down and I'll sell it at uh, certain bookstores and your sports stores and things like that. It's a real neat book with the instructional aspect to it, and then you even interviewed some of the players or talked to some of the players about their diets back then, and it's just it covers the whole gamut. It's kind of like a a, a, a great manual for the sport uh, in so many ways. Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, you're right. It's what it is. It's for uh, it's for the beginner, and it's for for also for the even the pro player. So I've got it, because everything is taught basically in the same kind of uh, technique, passing, setting, hitting, and and the drills that uh, I came up with, uh, uh, I spent a lot of time thinking about it, and it's not something that the uh, intermediate or the beginner couldn't handle. And uh, I felt good about that, so there was no, uh, well, listen, I'm a AAA, and I think what you're saying is not correct mm-hmm. and uh, yet here I had won you know a number of opens and it was good and I had some kind of a, a working uh, playing authority but like I like I said would take the books down to the beach just gonna think I'm gonna sell them and then two, two, two three hours later I'd be carrying them back up to the car <laughs> getting your workout in Now, oh, oh, and this is also since I was writing this book, and everything I did some beginning watercolors, and they kind of kept on. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it. This is kind of fun. So, and I needed illustration for my book, so I would just do watercolors of, and that was a lot of fun. Well, Dennis. All told, you've had quite a successful career in the sport. When you reflect back on on your career, uh, what are you most proud of, and how would you like to be remembered uh, for your contributions to it, Dennis? Well, uh, first of all, I um, I want to say that uh, I really love the sport, and really have gotten a lot out of it in the friendships that I've had over the years and I still I still uh, uh, have them today I have a full life with my wonderful wife what's her name now Barbara <laughs> <laughs> yeah you probably a good idea to remember her name <laughs> Jesus I was going to go back to you to give me her name and I forgot hers I do know Dennis is, Dennis is my name <laughs> but um, writing my my uh, volleyball book, which I completed in nineteen eighty one, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, eighty one. Thank you. I wrote it, and I don't even know the name. What year it was? <laughs> uh, but some of the friends, some of the people that I met, I think need to be mentioned. Amy Baltus, who we won the uh, Ocean Beach mixed doubles. She's a great little defensive player, wonderful player. Oscar uh, Graybill, who lives up in Walla Walla. Now he moved from Southern California. 
he's turned out to be a, a real reliable, wonderful friend. Then there's Fred Featherstone. I think you do you know you know Fred, don't you? Scott? I know of uh, Fred and, and John Featherstone. Um, I'm I'm familiar with with them. As I am with uh, the the infamous uh, Oscar Digger Graybill up there in Walla Walla, the best yeah, best kept play. secret in Walla Walla. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what he's doing up there. But um, also, um, see, yeah, Fred Featherstone for his chapter in nutrition in the, the volleyball book. Also, uh, Stu Wade, good friend of mine, Jim Shamback. Jill Esteris has to be mentioned as one of the uh, leading. She helped you out with the your book, did yeah, she? Yeah, she 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 uh, did a lot of editing, and she did a lot of the photos. So, uh, and I just mentioned Jill Esteris, Tom Hoyer, Mary Stevenson, and oh, John and Mary, George Stefano. So it got a little slow there, Craig. I, oh, I went down from 80 to 50. <laughs> yeah, the, the the cop was coming around the corner. They had the radar gun on you. You had to had to slam on. I the, had to pull over. Yeah, you had to slam on the brakes. You and yeah, but the, so well, yeah. it would have been okay if it wasn't for a a strip search. <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, we got so, some. Lastly, uh, Fred Zulich. So okay. yeah, good old Fred. Right. I I love that story about you uh, when uh, always leaving the caps off and everything when you guys were roommates and in him getting doused in orange juice or the honey would help you all, all uh, you know cemented up. That was classic stuff. Well, I had a hard time uh, with that cap over whatever I was going to use, this, uh, honey or orange juice, but uh, little animals lived in, in our living room, I can tell you that. <laughs> Courtesy of uh, zookeeper uh, Dennis Hare, unintentionally. Yeah, zookeeper. Okay, so let's uh, move on to, hold on here. Yeah, what are you up to uh, nowadays? You know, where are you living? Oh, yeah. Family? Um, What's your hobbies? Yeah, I, I got, uh, well, let's see. I I work around my house, which is just fantastic to be able to stay at home and not have to travel anywhere, especially with the times times that we're having right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a two thousand square foot studio, high ceilings. I have about three hundred, four hundred paintings that are around the studio. Wow, but it, it, it's be- it's beautiful and it's nice out here and and uh, right now I'm in the process of, of writing a book on my art, which uh, what's her name? Barbara is really <laughs> excited about <laughs> the uh, coach, Coach Barbara. Yeah, Coach, uh, coach Barbara. of Coach Rabbit uh, or for Team Rabbit. Coach and you're in yeah. Mentone, California, or is that how how it's pronounced, Dennis? Where you where you yeah, reside? Mentone. Okay. And for those of us who uh, are geographically uh, uh, challenged, whereabouts uh, in in California is that? Near San Bernardino, Redlands, uh, and all that. Okay. So. Um. So why 
why did I uh, get into painting? I had um, for years uh, loved to paint, to paint, and I think that has a lot to do with uh, my parents, who supported me with any creative idea that I had. I get emotional about that. <laughs> it's all right. I can't help that. I just did so much for me. My dad organized uh, peewee baseball for the kids up there because there was none, none of that there. And, you know, so I just took off on sports and everything and did real well. I made the uh, all-CIF team averaging 27 points a game, which still has, has a been broken. Wow, that's that's pretty neat. Yeah, and, and I also made All American that year too. So out of five players or ten players that they had there, I did pretty good, I think. Heck yeah. Molly Fingers was on the team. Um, pick up other big Barry Bonds. Anyway, I had a funny story. I was pitching. I started. I was the starter. And up came Barry Bonds. <laughs> and I, I said to myself, I'm just going to throw the ball right by him and he'll never even see it. Because <laughs> I was a hard thrower, but that's all I had was one speed. Well, he got himself ready to hit. I threw it as hard as I possibly could. And I think the ball is still in the air. <laughs> he, he hit a uh, grand slam home run, beat us because of that one hit, and that ended my career as a baseball player. <laughs> I, I, I never did like baseball that much to be putting all this time and energy in it. I felt like a cow out in the outfield grazing in the grass. Yeah. It was horrible. So that was in high school uh, that you faced Barry? Yeah, that was in high school. Then I came to San Diego State and got on the volleyball team, made the volleyball team, and that was that was wonderful. But like I said, my parents were the most supportive people that you could possibly have. So I never felt bad when I went out for sports or anything like that, or am I taking too much time? I was a terrible student anyway. <laughs> I did a lot of copying and... Uh, <laughs> made it through that. <laughs> through that. You, got, you made it out of SDSU, Aztecs, with a degree, ultimately. So I was, Ultimately, yes, you're right. That's right. But anyway, I, uh, when I was taking volleyball much ser more seriously at that time. You live um, in, um, in Mentone, California, and then... Uh, this uh, this infamous uh, Barbara. Um, tell us about her. How you met her, and and uh, how she came into your life. Um, by from my impression, she's pretty damn amazing. And if I do say so myself, she's the best partner you've ever had, including <laughs> Mengus and and uh, Fred and all the rest of them. They can't hold a candle to Barbara. How many years have you been together now, Dennis? Fifteen. All right, Rabbit, so you played in a number of tournaments out on the beach over your career. 
So are there, you know, maybe two or three that stick out the most that are most memorable that you want to want to share and, you know, what happened in each, buddy? Yeah, I had about 45. <laughs> well, I, I figured so, as much. I, I, I set so. you up for that one. All right, talk away. We got two hours of tape time. I'll just shut up and grab lunch and you fire away, pal. Oh, well, I, I might be a little off as usual, but <laughs> uh, it, it, it's fun. Uh, I think the strongest tournaments I have ever been in are the ones that are re reflect uh, who I am was uh, the 1974 World Championship uh, indoor in the sand. It's the first time they, uh, uh, anyone has ever played in the sand in front of, there were 7,000 people there. That was the one and, that was in that sports arena there, is that correct? Yeah, right, right. Uh -huh. and Digger was a Lions person. And it was, and John Featherstone was in it. Anyway, it was a it was a big deal, awesome. and we uh, had to play the weekend before to uh, find out who the people were going to be in the finals. The finals were is that was the next weekend, and so the top thirty two teams entered it, and um, that was that was really thrilling because, like I said, the top top eight would advance to the finals of the tournament in the sports arena. And uh, we ended up playing in the finals. We beat uh, Mike Carey and Bill Imwally in the in semis and also our, yeah, semis. We, um, we played uh, Von Hagen and Gage, your average run-of-the-mill team. Yeah, what a bunch of hacks. They were, they were hacking around. They were playing jungle ball out there, Dennis, with gloves on and stuff, yeah, right? That's right? Digger was standing right there. I said, well, come on, Digger, you're going to play. Yeah. Anyway, we won. We won. Uh, so we got first seed. And we played Von Hagen and Gage in the finals of the finals. And we won. So we, had, uh, we beat uh, Von Hagen and Gage twice. How neat. Which, uh, I think anybody would realize that that is a great uh, tournament. But I think that was probably the best I've ever played in my life was that tournament. I, I was just so ready for it. It was amazing. Then the next uh, one I would have to say was all was up in Santa Cruz where we played Von Hagen and Shamalas in the finals. And we were ahead 14-13. And... Uh, they got the next uh, couple points and they, they won. But the reason I say it was one of the best uh, tournaments I ever played in because uh, I, I played as well as I could and so did Fred. And we were right there. I think one hit and we would have won. But that was a real experience for us, for both of us, for sure. How neat. Didn't, did, didn't yeah, you say that you had great. seen Tommy Shamalas? Uh, what did you see Shama well, at that court there in Santa Cruz? Aren't like all the hotels and balconies and stuff around that there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the dream end was the place where everybody stayed at. 
Okay. All the all the players, and we had dinner there, and I really kind of fell in love with Santa Cruz at that time. I didn't realize that I would be going back there to live, but um, the next tournament that was so special to me was playing in the Hermosa Open, and we played in the finals. We played again Von Hagen, and this time Tom Shamalas, and um, I played with a rookie. Jim Mangus. Oh, yeah, the, the guy, um, <laughs> Cookie. <laughs> yeah, Cookie, Cookie. And Cookie Gilchrist. Uh, unbelievable. He would be walking down uh, to the pier with not only one cigar, but two cigars. <laughs> I, tried, I tried to trip him, but yeah. it didn't work. But uh, I'd have to say those four tournaments were by far the best uh, uh, that I remember and the best that I ever pl- played in. And then I think it was right after that uh, I moved up to uh, Santa Cruz and did clinics and did that. kind of started my my endeavor with the book. Uh, the Art of Beach Volleyball and stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. So, now I wanted to ask you, um, uh, when w- when you were in Santa Cruz at the Dream Inn, did you ever see a player bounce a ball uh, up uh, up pretty high there? I did. There were two. One was Tom Shamalas, and the other one was, um, and I forget his name. He bounced it even further. He was the hardest hitter I've ever ever seen. And what about that Capitola Beach, the Northern California Championships? Uh, Beat uh, Tom Pape oh. in uh, I think it's I thought was it Pope or Pape and and Jeff J J Jordan I thought you beat those guys in that final there at Capitola. Yeah, I think I got that mixed up. Yeah, where, good. Uh, so yeah, what do you remember about the Capitola Beach? Uh, that was the Northern California Beach Championship, right? Right. Well, we got a steak dinner <laughs> oh. and a beer, you know, for what we got. So it was quite a Quite an expensive uh, for the, the other tournament to dr- drop that much uh, money. <laughs> but, uh, there was uh, so many people, like two or three thousand people there for the semifinals or finals. I can't. I get it all mixed up. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the finals, there was about a thousand people watching, and they—I don't think they had ever seen volleyball played at that level which which was we were playing really good and it was a lot of fun too how neat uh, was Jordan a pretty good player when you played him in that final I think it went it was a real close game and wasn't there a bad call at the end or a questionable call at the end of the 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 final game there that kind of uh, uh, made a difference in it we were behind 14 to 11. And uh, I just said to Fred, "Let's keep the faith, Fred. Let's go. We can. We can still do it." Fourteen, eleven, fourteen, twelve, fourteen, thirteen, and then I could see Jordan getting a little pissed. And, Come on, babe. <laughs> get it together. Let's go. We can't lose to these guys. You know, he's a double A player at that time. Very good double A player, but just wasn't. A, and I don't think in our caliber. So that's what I kind of felt. I felt, well, you know, 
I still think we can win this. And lo and behold, we uh, pulled it up, uh, 16-14. And Fred was so happy, he couldn't believe it. <laughs> Do you remember so who I, refed, Who was the ref for your match in that final? Yeah, but I forget his name. His, uh, Louis... I, I can't think of it now. Okay, no problem. That's that's totally fine. I was just just out of curiosity. I thought I'd ask. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Those are four pretty big, memorable uh, tournaments to to win with um, with all those partners. So that's uh, good stuff to have in your memory. I bet, Rabbit. This concludes part six of our interview with Dennis Hare. Stay tuned for the seventh and final part coming up next. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.